This episode of the MFG Cast is sponsored by BattleBards. BattleBards is premium tabletop audio for your game, for your RPG, or for everyday life. They have musical scores, scripts and languages, soundscapes, monsterscapes, and sound effects that can really beef up your tabletop experience. Say you're looking for that perfect musical score to really pull your players in into that RPG story that you've written. Maybe you're looking for scripts and languages to fill out your NPCs. I have potions, runes, scripts, infusions, charms, and X's. Whatever you need to solve just about any problem you may run into. Or maybe you're looking for that perfect soundscape to really balance out your dungeon or outside play. Or maybe you're looking for a monster scape to really scare your player into oblivion. Or maybe you're just looking for that little sound effect that'll just throw that much more into the experience. BattleBards has that premium fantasy audio for your game. But not only that, they have it at a price that you can afford. And here at the MFG Cast, we're here to get you started. Sign up for an account at BattleBards.com with the code MFGCast1, and if you buy a $10 and $25 package, you get one bonus track of the Dwarf Temple, The Soul Forging. Use the code MFGCast2 when buying the $50 and $100 packages and get five total tracks, including Eye Monster Combat, Dungeon, Dungeon of Lost, including the Monsterscape Eye Monster Combat, Behold Extermination, the soundscape dungeon, Dungeon of Lost, Inhabited. The MPC script, Armorsmith, Steel and Silk. And the sound effect, Shortbow, Arrow Barrage. Use the MFGCast3 code when you buy your $150 and $300 packages and get 10 free tracks, including music of Dark Elf City, Morning Gear, Score Music, the sound effect, Magic Missile Spell, the monsterscape, Common Giant, Torture, Hill Giant, Entertaining at Home, the racial language, Orcish, Orc Brute Lashes Out, and the soundscape, Castle Ruins, Ruins of the Black Castle at Night. So not only do you get this great fantasy, or premium fantasy audio, but you'll get a little something extra from us. So go to BattleBards right now, use those codes, and get some gaming on. And now, back to the show. This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, 
is the only podcast that doesn't know what a fucking Pokemon Go is. It's the MFG cast. Uh, I'm Kurt, as with you always. Um, was going to try to get Tracy on tonight, but she's feeling a little off tonight, so I gave her the night off. But we've got some wonderful guests on. They're always they're always the tried and true, the... Uh, hmm, trying to think of a good, good thing to equate it to. Uh, the Chewy to our Han Solo, the... <laughs> <laughs> the Finn to our Jake, the Jake to our Finn, I should say. Um, it's Dan and Kim from the GNU podcast. Thanks, guys, for coming back. Can we can we also tag in that we are the demon to your Finn Balor? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> um, say hi, Kim. Oh, I didn't say hi? I'm so sorry. <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> nice. And uh, we're here to talk about our love of Board Game Geek. What's Board Game Geek, may you ask? We'll talk about that later. But for now, we're going to start with what we're now playing. Now playing. All right, guys. So what are we playing right now? I have a, I have a laundry list, actually. So I'm going to turn it over to Dan and Kim to tell, tell us what they're playing before I get into my whole spiel. All right. So, uh, so in the last uh, week or so, Kim has been playing a game on her phone nonstop. Not, not Pokey Go, because I'm not hitting into that crave right totally now. totally killed my whole joke. Oh, I'm sorry! <laughs> I was going to note, I see her swiping, I see her walking around, <laughs> only staring at the screen. Uh, She's tapping away every five minutes. No. But it's due to Tiny Towers, not Pokemon Go. Nice. Um, and on the phone front, I have actually started playing Fallout Shelter again, because that shit is, it actually feels like a game now. It's more Fallout-y than ever before. Nice. But on the tabletop front, uh, we have once again gotten into a massive Mage Wars-a-thon. Nice. Because uh, I know you play Magic. Have you ever actually gotten to try Mage Wars yet? No. No, I haven't. Alright. So, Mage Wars is, now comes in two flavors. There is the regular Mage Wars from when you want super crunchy, you want a vicious savage battle filled with strategic positioning, advanced planning and a complex battle option. And then there's Mage Wars Academy, which is kind of about half of that. And what's nice about the Academy is no board. You're just brawling it out. Uh, it's a little bit magic-like. Very magic-like in that, you know, you're basically exhausting, a.k.a. tapping creatures to activate them. And you're doing one, like you're going back and forth one for one. And what's pretty cool is Academy is you're using very small books, very small points, very cheap creatures. But everything in Academy can also be used in the main game. So if you play regular Mage Wars and hear Academy, and you're like, oh, well, you know, it's really simplified. It's a little, you know, don't let that fool you. There's awesome, cheap, good cards in that to use in the main game. And uh, what's nice about this is, say, say you fell in love with Mage Wars and you're like, I need fucking everything. <laughs> it would cost you the price of like two booster boxes of magic to have everything. Nice. You get the main game, all the side characters, everything else, just bulk up that collection, and then once you have it, that's all you need. You just make your books off of that because you're not searching for the new Planeswalker. It's fixed, planned out books and you know box packages. No random boosters, no hoping for. You just get it, use it, and it's in your book, and that's all you need to play. Very cool. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to talk about your Mage Wars Academy experiences. I got to beat Dan for the first time. Nice. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> if Kimson's out of it, it's because she's a little strung out right now. We had to, uh, we had to nix our heroin addiction. So, <laughs> you know, she's getting the shakes. She's getting the chills. She's, yeah. a little, she's a little low energy because of that. Sorry. <laughs> All right. What else have you guys been playing? Uh, Kim recently picked up Emotet. Mm-hmm. And this would be a great opportunity for her to jump in and describe what it's like. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of describe what it's like. I'm all over the place. Every time I describe games, it's like I'm drunk. All right, Kurt, if you ever, like, kill a person, <laughs> tell Kim, because it's prying information from her about things that she enjoys. Is all right. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try it out. Ready? Let's see how much I botched this. All right, so, Imhotep, um, if you're a fan of, like, the Egyptian culture, you know that he was a great architect, and... He basically was a part of the very first uh, pyramid to be built. So in the game, you want to be just like Imhotep. You want to be a great uh, builder. 
So, um, I don't know, because I don't know terms for board games. So I don't even know what type of board game this would be. Hold. Um, so it's like, you have these boats, and you're going to flip, flip over these round cards, and they'll tell you uh, what boats you're going to use. Uh, there are some boats that can hold four, uh, four wood, That's the uh, stone. Yeah, the venti. Uh, there's another boat that can hold only three. The grande. Both that can hold two. Tall. And both that can hold one. Kid size. Kid size. <laughs> and each of them has to have a minimum amount of stone. So, like, if you have the four one, you have to have at least three to go sailing. Three, you have to have at least two. Two, at least one. And then the one, obviously, you can't sell it. Uh, yeah. sail, uh, sail it. You have to have something on it. And then what it is, uh, you each uh, have an action to spend. And the end of a, and the end of a round is when all four ships are at a dock. So you could either uh, collect stone, you can place stone in a ship, you can sail a ship, or what's another one? Um, play a card. Yeah. You can play a blue card. Sorry, I'm flipping off motorcycles that are going past my house at <laughs> that was great. miles an hour. That was I absolutely love the visual. Thank you that was for great. thank you for ruining my podcast, asshole. Yeah, I like the face too when you I, give it. I would have loved it if you heard one of the bikers. You guys did that years yeah. ago. Is he driving? He had no shit. Right? But uh, but what's great though is the scoring. You have to basically think moves and moves ahead in order to score, because you score how stones are placed on the board. So you're actually building a pyramid, a 3D pyramid, right? And depending on what column you put them in, they have different scoring points. So what I was doing with Dan was I noticed that he was like, you know, he would put a stone in a ship, and I would put my stone in, in the same ship he would, and then he would put a stone in there. So what I would do is I would sail it to the pyramid, and then he would get, like, one of the lowest points. I mean, because I was in the middle, I would get the highest and then he would just get, like, another low-scoring point. But, like, you kind of have to, uh, like, really strategize and think ahead with these. And the same thing if you put it in, like, the burial chambers. Yeah, so there's burial chambers, pyramid, t uh, pillars? Pillars. Ob the obelisks. Obelisks. The market. And what was that last space? How many did you mention? Five? Four. four. There's five, though. Yeah, it's basically, like, four boats. Five. Yeah, the temple. So there's four boats, five spaces, so every turn one thing won't be used. But what's pretty cool and weird about this game is it has a shocking amount of FU elements. Because, um, you know, like most like Euro-style games, you just place, do, move, whatever, that's it. But this one, since the boats resolve in the order the stones were put on... Just because you put something there, you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to go do this. And then somebody's like, all right, I'm sailing that boat off and goes to a completely different area. And you're just like, no, fuck, <laughs> no. Like, like Kim, I kept thinking in the linear terms of I'll do this and then I'll do this. And Kim screwed me at every turn. Like, I got wrecked because it's part programming and part action selection and, like, you know, not too many moving parts. Like, it's very easy to play. But really getting a grip on the game is a, a challenge. Like, I, I mean, I got... I think it was the most savage-ass whooping she gave me no. since the City of Iron. No, because that's the thing. You had a lot of end scoring points. We were five points apart. Okay, but even that was only because you inadvertently fucked yourself by sending my boats to the market and letting me get those cards. You could have put me in other spots. No, because if I put you on other spots, you would have got like ten points. Oh, instead no. of like Instead of six. twenty. No. <laughs> six points. I like how you guys remember every part of playing that, where I would have been like, yeah, I won. <laughs> like, I think there's brown cubes in yeah, the game. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. They're ships! The, the other thing is, uh, the game does not use these standard, like, little 8 or 10 centimeter wooden cubes that every other game uses. They're chunky. Yeah, these things you can put in a sock and beat a man to death with. <laughs> yes. I love to play a game that I can ward off foes with. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and apparently like, two other games are using these same size cubes. So I guess, uh, much like cell phones, 
in board games, big is the new small. Uh, nice. And so chunky cubes, I'm waiting for games to start coming with like gigantic oversized money, like, you know, a kid's cashier set or something. Yeah, no kidding. For the future. <laughs> <laughs> also, because um, like, I know you didn't really delve into it that much, but uh, I think people should know, the Fallout Shelter app, um, when they first released it, right, it was just, you know, you're you're building your, your shelters, you're building rooms, powers, food, you have to have electricity for people, and then you just got to put them to work. But it's like, you know, you're collecting whatever resources, you're adding more rooms, collecting money from those uh, the workers, but then it's like, after a while, you're like, what, what else is there to do? You know, it's like, oh, I just got to go back to click on these buttons and then I'll just shut off again. Mm-hmm. But what they what they added was now they added quests. Ooh. So before, you would just send somebody out to the wasteland. They would go out and then you just, you know, return them. But here now, when you send them out, you can go with them. And you'll see that they're like, uh, what's the diner? No, it's a diner. Like, yeah. you can actually, like, yeah, fight at, like, the Red Rocket, uh, you know, places and stuff like that. The yeah. food markets. Yeah. Like, super yeah. duper marts. Super yeah. duper marts. Yeah, so you're and right. They you... they really are making it into a Fallout game. Yeah. yeah there's now, really like, good. mole rats and ghouls and mutants and everything. There's Mr. actually, Hades. like, yeah, there's, like, a 15-part quest like, there's actually a main storyline quest to go on in addition to the side things. That's cool. Uh, the mis- do, I don't know, uh, do you remember the Mysterious Stranger perk in the Fallout games? The Mysterious... What was that one? I, it sounds familiar, but I can't I can't place it. Basically, every time you shoot in Vats, there's a small chance he'll show up and just gun the dude down with a snub-nosed pistol. <laughs> nice. And it always played, like, this, like, you know, like... Like, you know, like, sound like that, like, to let you know he's there. Nice. The mysterious stranger now starts popping up in your vault. Nice. And if you find him and tap him, you get, like, a huge reward. Nice. So, yeah, so they, they really made it a... It, like I said, it actually feels like a game now instead of just tap, tap, tap. Okay, I'll come back in six hours since that's how long it'll take to get this thing. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's awesome. Now, if XCOM did the same, I would be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, right? And, uh... One last thing I wanted to uh, quick staple on here. God damn it, my brain just totally blanked. And I oh, uh, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Nice. Um, so I think you know, like it came out on um, you know for Apple and Android. Mm-hmm. If you like castles, definitely download the app and play against the computer a few times, because they do some insane strategies I've never seen the players do before. Mm. And it really gives you an awesome idea of some spatial awareness where it's like, you'll look at their castle and you're like, I got this in the bag. And then they drop one hallway that touches and finishes out three rooms at the same time. And they're taking an extra turn. They get $10,000. And like you know, and you're like, holy shit. You start seeing these things and you're like, now I'm going to start doing this. Yeah. My, like my scoring and my play in that game has drastically improved after checking out the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So... It's like, yeah. it's like playing with somebody that knows what they're doing, and you see that, and you're like, "Oh, well, geez." If I would have, you know, I would have never even thought of that that way. Yeah, it's it's like if you know, like if your friend was amazing and ruthless at this game, you know, <laughs> it would be the app, the computer. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, I guess I will get into the stream of games. I'm not going to talk about them too long, just because there's so damn many of them. Uh, but. This makes me really happy to hear, by the way. Yeah, me too. And, th- and this is the reason why the podcast kind of dropped off. I apologize to everybody because of uh, because of a little mini vacations here and because of some health issues with family and stuff like that. We haven't been able to put out as many episodes as we liked, but we've actually been able to play some games. And uh, me and my wife have actually been getting the bug to play like a lot of nights. So that is made for some very great games and stuff like that. Um, so we played uh, Dominion Adventures, we played uh, uh, Takenoko, we played Imperial Settlers, we played a shit ton of DC deck building, uh, the Teen Titans Forever Evil, uh, the Crisis, um, we played Garbage Day, uh, which we're actually... I got, yo, I got a quick question for you. Yes. The, the Forever Evil of the DC deck building. Yes. Does it kind of feel different, or is it, it just... Is. Yep, because it does, it does because nice. in this game, what it is is you're doing more of destroying cards. So you're it, it it forces you 
to start destroying stuff to build up. Otherwise, you're you're nice. just going to be left behind. I mean, you could do it the other way and possibly win, depending upon who you're playing with. A uh, thing I forgot to uh, mention, and I'll just mention briefly, we actually got Logan into this. Um, Logan ha- is a pretty decent reader, but he's not this level of reading yet so we kind of have to go we have to kind of get him through it and stuff like that but yeah because of the keywords and all that yeah stuff. exactly but now that we have now that he's played it he's hooked so like every every time we'll play he'll be like oh can we just can we do this you know that you know and um we're gonna do a review of the crossover crisis which we picked up because we thought it'd be fun to play with the family and it actually makes it a little bit easier okay we um he was just, I mean, he, he'd always loved the DC deck building game because of the art. The art looks amazing. Um, I had, uh, and I, I had actually a problem with uh, one of the sets that I bought. Um, all the heroes, um, not the superheroes, but the, the hero cards. And I think it was in Forever Evil, actually, because you're, you're the evil villains fighting the heroes instead of vice versa. And all my heroes, the cards were printed, like, black ink all over them and stuff like that. Just really misprinted, Ooh. you know? And I felt, and I was like, oh, geez, you know, and I'm like, well, it's not too bad. I could, I could live with it, you know, but I was like, you know what? I'll take a chance. I emailed, uh, Cryptozoic. I said, I told him my plight. I said, you know, these cards, they, you know, I could play with them, but they look kind of bad and it's kind of hard to read the text, you know, and without, without, without blinking, they sent me something back the next day. Yep. Just whatever you need. What do you need? What are you missing? I told them what I needed. They didn't even have me send back the cards that I had originally. They just sent me a whole new s- slew of heroes that were perfect. And um, I don't know if I talked about this before. This has been a long time, but I give it up to Cryptozoic for being wonderful with their customer service and getting back the cards that we that we were missing. So yeah, they are an awesome company with that. Like I mean, as for all the shit talking people love dropping on that company, try to find you know outside of like uh, like you know Stonemeyer. Find somebody that loves the fans more and that is so quick to respond and, you know, to fix any wrongdoings. You can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, so we've been playing playing with my son and he digs it a ton. And he, and he does it really well, too. But, yeah, he's been super into it. Um, he loves playing it. Um, and then we played that Forever Evil. So, basically, what you're doing is you're... You're destroying points, but you're also because you're a villain, just like villains and you know, and different comic books and stuff like that. They even in villain team ups, villains are always trying to screw everybody over, including the other villains. So in this game, you have it's basically making you destroy cards. It's like you're an evil guy, you're destroying things, you know, or an evil woman, you're destroying things, and then even though you're having an evil team up with other people, it's like screw you, boom, you know, you're doing different things. And, That's awesome. And it adds um, victory point tokens, which you don't see in the other games. Ooh. So then not only you get, get you get the victory points for your cards, but you also get these victory points, these victory point tokens, which actually um, the Catwoman one um, actually steals from other players. And then another one I think is like uh, Commissioner Gordon, where like if somebody attacks you, you uh, your your defense is that you defend from them, and you get a, one of those victory points in return. So it's just it it's it's one of those things where like with we have the Marvel uh, legendary villains, and there are some subtle differences and stuff like that, and I still love it, but I don't think it's a true villains game where I think that this DC Forever Evil is like that, you know. So that's why I like that. It's like a you know it's a good gotcha game for a deck building game. Um, nice. What else we've we been playing? Uh, Garbage Day by Meta Games. We're actually gonna do a review of that. Um, it's gonna be me, Logan, and my wife actually talking about because we liked it so much. Oops, I shouldn't give that away. And uh, Dio Monsters, Rattle Bones, uh, Headbands. Good, cool little party game. For the, I got to play some NES games, Legend of Zelda, Med, Metroid. Um, got to play uh, Destiny on the Xbox 360. Dice City, which I'm sure that Dan will have a question of in a few seconds. Yes. Um, <laughs> Cards Against Humanity, and then uh, they have a new Final Fan or a newer Final Fantasy app for the phone call, Final Fantasy Brave Exodus, which is if you like the old school side scroller Final Fantasy game, get this app. It's free. The only time you have to pay for something is if you want to upgrade or get some coins and stuff like that. But it's fucking amazing. So if you want to play that, play some good Final Fantasy action. Play that. So 
Sounds good, man. Yeah. Um, so, Dice City, is, is it worth the time? I, you know, I check into this? I really do think it is. Um, it's funny because I <laughs> I was kind of joking with, with uh, Tracy the other day, and I was like, oh, Dice City, great name, you know, that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, Dice City, great name. So then, for some reason, I got, I got it in my head, and I was like, Machi Coral. I was like, you know what? I should look up what that means. It means Dice Town. <laughs> I'm like, wow, these guys are really coming up with great names. Um, no, I really like Dice City. It's 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 really simple and it's super easy. It's like Machikoro. It's like once you get it, you get it. You have you have your own player boards, and what it is is you've got everybody has the same player board. Okay, it's got uh, the and then you get let's six dice. I'm sorry, I I'm gonna have trouble yeah. describing it just because it's not in front of me. But you get six dice, one of each color. Okay, so then you get um, so you roll it, you roll your all your dice. And you have this player board, so then you match up the number because there's one through six on the top. Yeah, it is six because obviously a, a D6 only goes up to six. Okay, now we've got it. Okay, um, so you know you match up your your number with your color, and that's where your dice go. And then wherever your dice go on your board, you decide how to play that out. So you can play these you know different dice where they're at in your or, the order that you want. Another thing you can do is that uh, I think it says you can go with one of these. You can actually go to the left or the right if you want to do that as a free action to you know do another thing instead of what you're originally on. Um, and then there's other ways to um, get stuff like that where you can. What makes this uh, a little different is that you also have cards. And what also what you and what you do is when you collect you actually collect um, resources. So this is kind of a resource game too with dice. So I think it's stone, wood, and concrete or something like that. And what you do is you use these resources to gain different cards. Well, you can take those cards and you can replace on your board. So now you're upgrading your board. So then you get different things like that. So basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect different victory points from there's cards that you beat. Like there's like, you built, you actually have armies that you can build up to defeat things beat the pirate ship or something like that i'm sorry i'm just i'm hardcore blanking right now but but yeah you use these cards to upgrade and you fight to get these different upgrades but also you can fight other people so if you build up your army and you have a certain amount of points you can actually use that army to destroy the cards that are on their board too so then they can downgrade and stuff like that so it's a it's a fun game it's like i said it's super simple it's really easy to learn and um I haven't found too much that I haven't liked about it. So, and it's not like it's that, not super can, uh, expensive either. It's only like forty bucks. I mean, forty bucks is a lot. Seems is a lot of money, but it's not too bad for what you get. Yeah, I like the fact that you can actually attack other players because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the times, like in these, like you know, like dice resource games, once somebody starts building up, you go, "Well, I guess we're just going to watch him win." Yeah. Oh, for sure. So the fact that you can actually go at somebody sounds yeah fine. exactly. So not only are you going going after them to downgrade their army so then they can't do as much you're trying to build your army to you know defeat and get the victory points that you want to win so i say go for it so nice. yeah for sure all right and that's now playing all right so we're gonna we're here to talk about board game geek this probably shouldn't take very long because there's just i mean it's it's simple to talk about it's a great resource a resource it's a great website um, what is Board Game Geek? It's basically just, it's what's in the name. It's a, a nice website. Um, you can basically look up any game there, but there's a lot of other things within it that that you wouldn't know about right offhand until you delved into it. But basically, it's a it's basically a resource site for you know games and stuff like that. But also, it's more of a user based site where you can. You know, put in information. They let you upload pictures to different games that you like. If you're making a game, you can make up your, you know, you can make an account for it. You know, you sign in, you know, make an account for that uh, game and stuff like that. Put all the information out. But there's lots of other things to do on it as well. What is, what are some of the things that Dan and Kim, when you guys discovered Board Game Geek, what was the first couple of things that you discovered that you really liked about the site? All right. Well, first of all, when Kim told me there was a website that doesn't have a whole bunch of people doing beautiful things to women that usually aren't wearing anything, I didn't think she was telling the truth. But apparently, there is non-porn sites that you can visit online, (laughs) which is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so 
here's the, here's what I noticed with like Board Game Geek. Like, um, what I like about it is it's basically almost like three tiers based on how deep you're into the board games. Mm-hmm. Like, say you just want to like you know uh, you're thinking about picking something up. You just want to get an idea of how the game looks on the table. You know, you can just like skim some pictures, check out a quick little video or something. You know, see an overall rating. Right? Are like you talking about minute... porn again? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, and most video game reviews like porn. You just got to jump forward to like the last three minutes because that's what really matters. That's right. <laughs> then there's like the like the gamer tier where it's like if you want to find out more, you want to actually check out multiple reviewers to see what they want. Like there's all these links. Like you can check out like video reviews, written reviews, uh, in depth questions about the game, uh, frequently asked questions about the game, like. One of the things you hear a lot of times is people like, oh, this thing is fiddly, this game is fiddly. Like, you can actually read into if this game is tight or if it's fiddly. Or, you know, like, it says that it plays 2 to 6, but does it really play 2 to 6? Or is it meant to be played 6-player and you can scrape by it too? You know, you can get all that type of info. And then if you're, like, psycho-obsessive, like, I must know every game made by this man... (laughs) You can click that. You find out this game has been out of print for nine years. You click the follow-up link to go to the Board Game Geek Market. You talk to the other players. You look at their trade list, their wants list. Like, you can really go down the rabbit hole at Board Game Geek. So I kind of, I guess, like, my favorite thing really is that um, when I first heard about it, I'm like, you know, I was new to the hobby, and I'm like, oh, I don't don't need to use that site. Like, I'm not really that into it. You don't have to be that into it to use this site. It's basically just the ultimate tool for every interest of board game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you there. What about you, Kim? Well, he always says the good stuff. That's why I always want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Kim was making me say all that stuff, like the alien no. did in Independence yeah. Day. Well, you know what? So. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he talked about. You can talk about the same thing. I, this is, you know, I'm probably going to rehash what he talked about too, because that's, mm. we're talking about the same thing, but yeah, just tell, tell me some of the highlights of why, you know, why you like the website. Okay. So like you said, like, you know, if you're, if you're new to it, you, you definitely, uh, you check it out to see the pictures of the components of the game that you want to play. So it's like, oh yeah. Cause sometimes just looking at a back of the box, it's, you know, you just get uh, a basis of the components, but when you see people actually laying it out, setting it up, you get like a, a like a different feel for it. And like the the pictures do help for when you want to, you know, like uh, try and invest in a game. There are a couple of times when uh, me and him we would be playing a game and we would have a question. And we just go like board game geek. We type in the question, and then usually we can just find a forum on it because. A lot of, like, the questions that we have are usually the same as what everybody else says, you know, it's like... Yeah, like, can this guy equip that? Yeah, yeah. Like, wait a minute, can this be targeted by that type of card? And you'll find it somewhere there. Yeah. And then, like, I like the video selections of the, uh... The the only thing is, um... Because I know... I don't know how they do the videos. Like, I, I think if it's only, like, Dice Tower exclusive, like, people who are on Dice Tower are the only ones who can, like, really post videos no, on there. No, anyone can. Uh, I haven't seen it, that's like, why... You remember that, uh, like, Kim actually introduced me to a video for uh, a tutorial on the game Urbanization. Oh, yeah, okay, so, I don't, uh, I don't know the, this guy's name. The one that, um, the one that has Jen as his partner, who... Rado. Rado. I hate Rado. <laughs> Fuck, I hate him. Wait, here's, okay, here's the thing, right? Okay, I get it. You want to be cute and be like, oh, Jen is going to move this piece. That's fine. You can do stuff like that. But then you, you, you can't go, well, Jen was thinking about going over here because we just imagined that me. But you know what? I think Jen's going to think about a little more strategical, so she's going to move over there. But I don't want her to move over there. So maybe, like, you know, I can, she can move on to the other place so I wouldn't have to. And then, like, I don't know, like, Jen, Jen, I don't know what Jen's thinking. She might move over there to screw me. But you know what? She's not going to screw me. She's going to move over there. I was the like, 16 minutes for the first Is that week. necessary? If <laughs> <laughs> she's not even there. And the, the fact that he, he doesn't just teach you how to play the game. He strategizes, which, no offense, is, like, the worst thing you can do when you're first playing a game. Because you're introducing. You know, you don't have to, you know... I, I get it, play to win, but when you first teach a game, or at least show people how to play a game, you show them how to play the game, not how to win the game. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah, so which it's, makes sense. Yeah, like, that That just annoys me. I can't stand his videos, because they're too long, and it's just, he's all over the place. But, <laughs> um, I don't know the guy's name, because we were playing, uh, I found this guy when I was playing Turns and Taxes. It's a post office game. Which, oh, nice. of course, which of Dan course would be... Dan would love. Perfect! <laughs> He's the face of the post office. Exactly. exactly. That's why we had to get it. Um, so I was like, you basically, you know, you're just like ha- uh, creating these routes for mail. Like, you just deliver to all these uh, cities. And I was trying to find walkthroughs. And I finally found this one guy. And, like, you know, he's he's really precise... He, it's almost as if, like, he's reading directly from the rule book, but not really. Yeah. And he shows you, like, he just, and, you know, you physically see it, and he's talking to you, like, he shows you, like, how you're doing everything. And I think it's, like, the way he does it is perfect. And I really, I was actually thinking of, you know, kind of like starting a walkthrough of board games Mm -hmm. based off of what he does. Because he does it really good. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he shows you how to play the game. Not how to play and strategize to win. And he uses cuts in his video. And he does cuts. <laughs> yeah. That is important, too, because... I know it may be unfair to... What's his name? Rado. Rado. That one, I can't remember his name. And two, I just really hate this guy. <laughs> There's just something about him just, like, irks me, but... I could not tell. <laughs> the fact that he doesn't do cuts, and if he does a move wrong, he'll, like, put it... Either, like, on the screen, like, oh, I meant to say this, this, and this, or I'll put it, like, in the comment section. But it's like, no, you gotta, when you have a walkthrough, you know, you kind of want to make it a little perfect because people are going to be watching this and listening to it and following along. But, like, if you don't have cuts or anything, like, of mistakes, you know, that's not good. Plus... I don't know about you, man, but uh, if I go to learn how to play a game and I see, like, how to play, like, take, for example, like, how to play CV, and one video is nine and a half minutes, and the other is 38, <laughs> it can't be good enough. It's like, I'm going to choose nine and a half every time. Yeah, because, like, that's like playing a game, like, we just need a walkthrough. Yeah, yeah if a walkthrough is at an hour and change, fuck that. It's like, no, that's, <laughs> that's now my night. I don't even get to play it anymore. Pass. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, like, the videos, and I think he he was uh, in one of the videos about the urbanizations, the guy that I like. Um, I think he's, like, I don't want to insult him. German? I Polish? Mean, he, has, he has an accent. He has an accent. It's a bit heavy, but it's it, you could still yeah. hear, you could still understand him. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, a lot of the times when we were playing games... I would go on Board Game Geek to see if I could find a short walkthrough. But a lot of them are just reviews, not so much walkthroughs. I'll tweet a link to one of his videos since I can't remember his name. That'll be the <laughs> best I can do to compensate him for his, uh, his popularity. Yeah, because he, he actually, uh, we, we learned, I learned Field of Arl from him. He was so nice. good. And I watched Sausage Fingers. Tom Vassal? Tom Vassal. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I'm sorry. All I know him is Sausage Fingers, because that's what I hear everyone talking about. I'm so sorry. He he did Fields of Arl, and when he was explaining a uh, an end scoring thing, he got it completely wrong. And I was like, oh man, that's bad. And I was like, that's why like I went to multiple video sources, because that's what's good for Board Game Geek. You can go to, like, if you don't like one video thing, you can just keep scrolling to, like, see which ones you do want to watch. Mm-hmm. So I like that they have, they don't just have, like, one video for each game they have like a multitude of them yeah so that's also good too when i first started looking on board game week too it was the same thing it was uh just when i first started doing you know playing board games the hardcore more of the hardcore-ish ones and uh basically i just wanted to see what was out there you know and and uh unfortunately i went with and i still kind of do go with rating which I shouldn't, you know, because everybody's, every game is their cup of tea or not their cup of tea. It's just how it works, you know. But it's nice to have that rating there to be like, okay, well, a lot of people liked it, so, you know, it may be something worth checking out. I was going to say, odd question. When you look at the ratings, do you also look at how many people rated? You know, I I have more of late, and I can understand yeah. why where, where you'd get that screwed up, because, you know, because especially if it's a newish game, 
you know, it could have five ratings and, you know, one person rated it a one and then it throws the whole thing off, you know. I was going to say, because when you see a game ranked at like 7.4 and it has like 200 ratings, you're like, oh, that's not bad. But when you see a game ranked 7.4 and it has like 8,955 ratings, you're like, ooh, this is pretty good, I guess. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. But then, you know, as more and more I got into it, like like Dan said, you know, you get into the, you can get, you can put on stuff that you want to trade, which is awesome, you know, because there's not, I don't think there's enough sites that do that. You know, you can probably go on Reddit, but I don't trust Reddit. And, uh, you know, so, you, you know, you can go on there for trades. One of the things that I'm really impressed with is you, and it pretty much can happen with any game, you can take a piece that you found on the floor. What is this piece? Put the picture on, on Board Game Geek. Somebody, maybe a thousand people, will all know what that is. And it's like, thank you very much. <laughs> and say that's a piece to a game you got rid of, you can even sell individual pieces. Like I've seen on the... The BGG market, people are like, oh, the bits for this or the bit, because sometimes you get a game at a yard sale and it's missing a few things. Yeah, exactly. You know, so which is awesome. Yeah, which reminds me, I have a I have a piece that's missing. I should go on there and make sure see if anyone's got one. Right. Um, and then, um, of course, with doing this podcast, it's been a big help with like any questions I have. Like I've gotten away from this a little bit, but. Um, coming on different coming up with different topics for the podcast i was like i just wanted to see what everyone else thought that you know maybe hadn't heard of us you know because a lot of the people on board game geek they have a pretty good opinion about it and some some have maybe a little more thought out you know and they have more than 140 character opinion (laughs) than on twitter so it'd be it was nice to throw that out there and see what people thought there and everybody seemed very very nice and you know welcome to share their opinion so that's another another piece that's been good the fact that you know that you can you know put a lot of your user content on their website as long as it's not offensive or you know copywriting somebody else's work is pretty awesome because we've done um, a decent um, or a few uh, reviews here and there on board game geek itself to help out different kickstarters and companies that have helped us out and stuff like that and it's cool to see the reaction from there and luckily we haven't gotten any uh, super negative feedback from any of ours you know because it's funny because when when Kim was talking about why she hates different you know things about videos and stuff like that I'm like I'm like it's every time I put user art content on I'm I'm scared of that I'm scared of somebody <laughs> going you're a fucking idiot because I am and you know I don't want people calling me out too much on it but but I always have that fear you know it's like but for the most part even in my even in our reviews and stuff like that you know someone will comment well you know I think this is a little different you might want to change it thanks awesome thank you you know that makes makes our review better and it makes our information better for then the next person that comes in and takes a look at it they have the right information yeah because like that's like a positive feedback you know i don't go to rado's videos and every one i go like you're a fucking asshole i hate you <laughs> like there's no point of that like yeah. if if you don't like someone just don't watch it that's yeah. why like rado like i tried to give him a couple of times but i hate him and i was like all right i just <laughs> i won't watch your videos it's just like that, but it's like, you know, it's good that people, when they watch it, they don't do stuff like that, saying, oh, you're, you're an idiot, like, why would you say something like that, mm-hmm. you know, you're stupid because you didn't get the rules right. It's the fact that somebody actually, like, say, hey, you know, you might want to change this because, you know, you said this wrong. Like, that's, that's good, you know, that's good uh, positive feedback. So when you guys go on Board Game Geek, is it is it mostly... For, you know, looking up pictures and looking up um, what the game was about to purchase or, you know, what's your first, why, why is your, why is it your first thing to go right to that site? Um, all right, so I'll go first this time. <laughs> so for me, uh, cause like when I was like, uh, we're at the game room and I see like a game I possibly want, I'll look on Board Game Geek because usually when I just type it into Google sometimes, uh, sometimes I'll just forget to put in board game and it'll just give me something else like a movie or something yeah but um like even still like i'll look at the images sometimes like the images don't even match the uh the thing i look up so a lot of the times like i'll look up one thing and then all of a sudden it'll just give me like i don't know a picture of will smith i'm like okay why do i need that but if i go to like the board game geek i know that i'm definitely gonna get the picture of the the actual game so like i i don't go on board game geek all the time 
But if there's like, oh, you know, uh, I'm at the game room and I see a game I might want, I'll look it up on there, and that's about it. But Dan, he goes on it a lot. Yeah, it's like, uh, like my big thing is usually, you know, like for uh, stuff in the pipeline, because we've been trying to do better with our gaming budget, because uh, as we talked about, you know, in episodes past, like that habit of, oh, there's five things out that I want. I only get to play games one night a week. So I've been using that to like help me like narrow down choices. Like um, like this game urbanization that we were talking about before, I was on the fence on it for a while. Checked out a lot of shots. The shots looked interesting. Read some of the like, you know, play sessions. The play sessions sound interesting. But once I saw that video and I saw how all the moving parts came together and how the game works, I'm like, yes, this, I'm like, I definitely want this. You know, and it's good for that. It's really good for, you know, if like a, uh, we, you know, as we said in the other episode, fight that urge to just go, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. I know you think you're helping the hobby, but you're putting yourself into the poorhouse and <laughs> destroying trees unnecessarily. Yeah, and plus, you're, and plus you're throwing your money away on a game that maybe is not as good as the next game that, you, you know, that you're going to find. Yeah, it's like, because there's nothing worse than you just bought three games, and then that super cool game you wanted came out, and you're like, I'm broke. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you play the other games, and then you're like, oh, this one kind of sucks. Like, you know, it's like, it's not what I was hoping it would be, you know? Because, I mean, say, like, say, for example, like, uh, when I was asking you about the DC uh, Forever Evil, you know, not everyone is lucky as I am to have a dude that knows everything about every game and every publisher like you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my walking Wikipedia. <laughs> so, you know, but it, it's, it's good for that, man. It's like... Uh, and like I said, the biggest thing is if if you're still like, you know, even if you just like to climb around with like some light games or like, say, you know, you play Catan, code names, like, you know, a couple of simple things and you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big board gamer. I don't really need all that, everything that it has. It's still kind of fun to check out because say you really like code names and you think that thing is awesome. Click on the guy that designed it and see what other things he made. You know, mm-hmm. you might find something else. Or check what else that, what else that publisher put out. Mm-hmm. You might find another awesome game, you know? Yeah. On a quick side note, I don't know if you heard the most recent expose slash scandal dealing with Board Game Geek and Target. Oh, geez, no. Target has a few exclusive games that a few stores accidentally put on the shelf early. Oh, no. That were going to be announced at, like, Gen Con this weekend and everything. Yeah. So, um, so there's a new code names that's like code names after dark or something like that. Yeah. Where it's not cards against humanity bad, but like adult themes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, a ticket to ride aimed more at younger children. Oh yeah. Um, that's right. Like, uh, like I think like an evolution, the same thing, like aimed towards kids. And then, uh, wait a minute. Oregon you said, Trail. you said an evolution. Yeah. The dinosaur game. No way. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's like okay, um, we're gonna have uh, to save uh, up for that. Yeah, like a, a lighter, uh, you know, like less intensively driven evolution, and then uh, Oregon Trail. What? And, awesome. Yeah, like an Oregon Trail card game. Sweet. And, uh, dysentery put, all night. Well, yeah. on the on the cover of the g- game box, it says you have died of dysentery. Awesome. <laughs> oh my and, god. And like somebody had a picture of this stuff in their card, and people were like this is clearly photoshopped, and the guy shows his receipt, and they're like fake. And he's like, I just fuck. He's like, and he shows like a picture of his bank account where he got charged that same amount as, and like people like hacked, fake, photoshopped, and nice. he's like, the fuck do you want from me? Like, yeah, no kidding. Sorry yeah. guys, I gotta go. My target is calling. <laughs> but because they weren't on Board Game Geek yet, because you know the the companies wanted it to be a surprise for yeah. like you know the the con weekend. Yeah. It's that Target, you know, a few Target stores fucked up and sold the stuff early, kind of letting the cat out of the bag. But solely because it wasn't on Board Game Geek, people were like, this can't be real! Fake! <laughs> it was great. <laughs> that is awesome. That's awesome. Oh, the going back to what you were talking about from, you know, and we and we kind of talked about it a little bit, but even, like, the whole thing, like, if you're not much of a board gamer and you come upon code names, you want to know what, you know, oh, this, this genre of game, I kind of like that kind of game. You can go on Board Game Geek and just go... What what is like this? And you're gonna get all these responses that are like, you know, and it gives you a lot of options, which I think is amazing because um, I think that's I think that board game geek solely by itself has helped out so many gamers and podcasters alike that 
uh, I think without it, I don't think I would know very much. I mean, like you know, like you said, like Dan, I could I could call you up, I could talk to you because you you guys play a shit ton of games and you'll know what's you know what's hot and what's out there. But if I didn't know you, I mean, unless I went down to my local game store and they don't play a ton of board games as much as they do maybe on other spots, I wouldn't know all these other things, you know. Um, you know, possibly I could go on another site or listen to a po- another podcast and get that information, but that's not gonna get all this information that that is geared towards my what I want. So I like that board game geek is out there for that, where it really is for the board game community, and it just it I just it makes me so so happy that it's there. You know, one thing I also kind of like too is um. Like, I'm a member of a lot of the Facebook board game groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you will see some serious shit talking and flaming going on. Just, like, you know, not every day, but, like, uh, somebody will put down, like, oh, you know, Exploding Kittens is really fun. You know, what else What else is like this? And people, like, troll, you know, LOL, like, because they think it's not a serious question. Yeah. Because, you know, it's very trendy to shit on Exploding Kittens or whatever. So, like, yeah. they'll think it's a joke or make fun of it. And the person's like... I want I want to find another game to play that's like this. Like why why is everyone like why did nineteen people answer and yet no one gave me info? Yeah. On Board Game Geek, it's a little more regulated. Like the admins are a little more active and like the dickery is a lot less. Like so if you put that same thing about like I want to find a game like Exploding Kittens, someone might objectively say, like, well, you know, Exploding Kittens isn't like really deep. Like, do you want a game that's like a little deeper? Like, you know, I I don't really like Exploding Kittens, you know, I would say play this instead. As opposed to troll, troll, you suck. You know, it's like, so that's kind of nice too. It's like the the atmosphere is definitely more appreciated. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love that, and they and they do a really good job of monitoring that too, which is great. So you know, I don't know, I don't know if there's much else I can talk about. I mean, we pretty much hit everything on the head. It's just it's just a great site. You know, if you're if you're new to board gaming if you're new to our podcast go out there check it out get get all the information you can you know and really hit those forums too because the forums are where it's at where you know there's a lot a lot of good people on there that will um give you a lot of good advice all right and that's it for board game geek and now to the review game review so this month we're talking about crossover crisis which is the cartoon network version of the dc deck building game basically i'm gonna have dan do some work i'm gonna have him kind of describe it for us okay so the game goes from two to four players it's developed by cryptozoic two to five players you dumbass i'm off this piece of shit show (laughs) (laughs) so anyway (laughs) um so what's pretty cool is you know it starts out you're gonna get a character card and they did a really good sweeping scope of cartoon network they have Regular show, Steven Universe, Adventure Time, you know, like, The Amazing World of Gumball, which is one of the greatest things on Cartoon Network. Yeah, Logan's, you, been, Logan's been obsessed with that show lately. And even, like, the older stuff, like Johnny Bravo, yep, Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack, yeah. Yep. Uh, um, Dexter. Yes. Yeah, Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> Get with the program. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't hear her. She's, she's such a little ant, I can't hear her sometimes. Right? <laughs> But, um, so, the character cards are, like, your little modifier, just, like, your character cards in the DC deck builders or even the, um, the Penny Arcade deck builders. Uh, there's one resource, power, just like the DC style went with. And this game, unlike any of the other DC deck builders and stuff, features a lot more out-of-the-game elements. Mm-hmm. Like, in all the other games, weakness is just, like, this card does dick. So, when you, when you draw it, it does nothing. Yeah. But in this game, it's like some of the weaknesses are like, you can't smile or laugh during your turn. If you do, get another weakness. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, you can't speak during your turn or whatever. Like all these like little weird, wacky things. Yeah. My and favorite, then there's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but my favorite card is, I can't remember what the guy's name is. Ah, oh, shit. Anyway. Uh, but his is, if you don't eat an onion ring within 30 seconds, you get a Ringo. weakness. Ringo! Ringo! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. When you... <laughs> When you play this game, you have to make sure you can either play it like at a food court or something, or just like <laughs> make a thing of onion rings, have it to the side, and people and people go get it. It's like no, no, we gotta wait until we play Crossover Crisis in order to eat these. Yeah, I love I love the it actually 
in every book it kind of talks out some of the cards just so you, you know you have information on it and for Ringo, it says, an onion is a food item and not a card in the game. Next time, bring some to snack on while you're at it. Don't you? Why don't you? Or whatever. I'm like, that is awesome. That This game also has two like game mechanics that you never see in these other deck builders. Fist bump and rocks, paper, scissors. Yes. And it's great because like Finn and Jake, every card with fist bumping is cheaper since they do it in the intro of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... It has, like, uh, Cartoon Network really does this with a lot of their games. Like, even the Adventure Time Munchkin features, like, uh, like oh, if anyone's drinking, uh, like, a cold drink, Ice King gets plus two. If there's water or any liquid on the table, the Bucket Knight gets stronger. Like, Cartoon Network loves doing that with these games. And this one is where they went balls out with it. Because mm-hmm. some of the events cards are, like, um, like uh, Crippling Gravity or something like that. Where you have to show signs that you're being like pulled under by gravity, and if you don't, you get a weakness. Everyone has to dance like a robot for 20 seconds, and if you don't, you get a weakness. One of the others that's great is something like everyone has to put their left arm on the person next to them, and like whatever you do with your right hand, they have to mimic or something like that. Yeah. Where it's like, and if they don't, they get a weakness. So this game is, and like even those weird cards, they know. It, hey, if you want to play a regular game, just put like three or four in. And if you want it to be a little weird, put in ten. But if you want it super wacky, you know, like use all 20. Yeah. But I, I love that they do this. Like, it's it's a nice little mix-up because... Now, here's the thing. If you're not into Cartoon Network, you can be like, this is dumb. Yeah. But if you know somebody that's into a few of the Cartoon Network shows, this thing is fun as hell. Like, we broke this out. We Day one when we got it, we broke it out at the game store. And everyone we were playing with was having a blast. You know, like, as soon as they like, they're like, oh, Mordecai and Rigby, I, dibs, dibs, I want to be them. All right, cool, be them. And then, you know, they would be buying all the cards from their show. Like, regardless if it helped them or not, they were like, oh, like, I, you know, Samurai Jack, I love that show. And, like, they would just be buying cards for that show. But in this one, like all the other deck builders, you want to beat those villains. And, again, the villains are from all the shows. And they, their attacks kind of reflect those shows, which is really fun. I do think it's funny that everyone beats the shit out of Ice King because he's always the first villain you fight. So he will always get his ass handed to him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And they do that with all the other ones too. Like it's always like the Razagul is always the first guy you fight in one of them and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I love that uh, that the Cartoon Network version kind of turns it on its head a little bit. It's got the same the same kind of stuff to it, but it just, it makes it that much more fun and that much more enticing, especially for younger kids and stuff like that. And fans of the show, because you get all these inside jokes and things that, that, you know, that you're like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. I can't believe they did that. They did that. You know, part of the fun of this game is like doing the rock, paper, scissors and the fist bump, a lot the fist bump, like with, Oh, well with rock, paper, scissors, you do most of the time you're doing rock, paper, scissors to draw a card. That's usually what that's for. And then there's other different things that may show up. With the fist bump, it's basically, it, it, it kind of lends for abilities around the table, but you don't do much else than just fist bump. <laughs> and I was like, like, that's just awesome. Well, like, one of those superpower cards is Jake's stretching, where you have to fist bump two different opponents at the same time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then all of you draw a card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let me tell you exactly why I love rock, paper, scissors in this game. Uh, especially playing with my family because I because of trusty old rock. I never get beat. I never do. Uh, Tracy beat me once like two <laughs> days ago, and I'm like, oh my god, it happened, you know. But otherwise, it's it's uncanny. Tracy, like Tracy, uh, the other day she got one of those cards where it was like play play rock paper scissors with an opponent, and she's always turning to Logan. Here we go, <laughs> and I'm like, you chicken shit, come at me, you know, whatever. So it's just, I don't know, this game just brings so much more fun to the table. Is it like the Simpsons episode where, like, your family is always like, good old Rock, and then oh, it pants yeah. to, poor Bart, he always goes with Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's weird, it's like, like as much as my, my head isn't very, isn't full of strategy, for some reason I just, I know what my son and my wife are going to pick every time. I just do. You know, and and it, it's just it's funny that way. So it's it's fun to do that. What else was I gonna talk about on this? I I gosh, I 
feel like we've caught a lot of it. I mean, it... Well, was one of the things you're going to say was how awesome Johnny Bravo is because it costs more to buy any female cards when you're Johnny Bravo. <laughs> yeah. But once you have them, they work better for you than anyone else. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just, I love that. I, lo- I love that they just, yeah. It, it, uh, it play, I mean, just like any of these DC deck build, or these, sorry, any of these uh, deck building games for... Uh, Cryptozoic, they really lo- they really take time to figure out what each character ha- you know is about, and they put that in their abilities and stuff like that. So you're not just like, oh, this character has random thing A, and this other character has random thing B. And another thing that I like about this too is that y- if you swap out enough stuff and you know what's what, you can actually play this with any of the DC building stuff. I want you to use the Joker in the Cartoon Crosses crossover. <laughs> I want you to just tell me how it works. Yeah, I'm sure it'll just be amazingly insane, and and it'll be fun, because I know that Logan is. I know Logan would be up for it. I know Tracy was up for it. I actually had to tell them that I needed to stop playing the DC deck building game because they wanted to play it so much. I'm like, guys, remember? You know that phrase? There's too much of a good thing. We've hit that thing, <laughs> yeah. and this is my and the, and the DC deck building game is my favorite thing ever. So to, for me to say that has to take a lot. I was gonna say that's the one thing that's nice is when you can actually get enough time to play the game to the point where you're like, all right, I need to take a break from it. Yeah, exactly, and you that's why. That. Yeah, and that's why it's been a wonderful month for that. So, all right, well now that we've talked about it quite a bit, let's rate it. Um, we've got the our newish rating system. If you guys haven't found out. Uh, we either we love it, we like it, eh, it's okay, or fuck this game. So, out of that amazing rating scale, what would you guys what would you guys rate the Cartoon Network crossover crisis? I just I just got to confirm one thing with you. Is it due to that legal dispute as to why you abandoned the D eight rating system? Is that <laughs> <laughs> no, no? I just I thought this would be more simpler, and then I didn't have to say the unpatented patented D eight scale every single time. <laughs> laziness, my favorite reason yeah, for no. anything. Actually, it is. It wasn't for laziness. It was actually because you know I thought about it, and I was like, you know. Most of the time when we're rating and we're rating on this D8 scale, a lot of times it seemed like we we're almost always in the middle. So, yeah. and it was like, and we weren't, I felt like we weren't explaining ourselves enough. Like, okay, do we really like this game or do we really not like it? Or, you know, do, are we saying you should get it or not? You know, I don't, I didn't feel like we were really going out of our way to tell you, you know, if this is a game that you should really get or play or not. Fair enough. No, Kurt, you can just be honest and just say that you just like cold still creamier a lot. Yes, exactly. Yep, that's it. Yep. Except for I don't think they have the the fuck it. That'd be kind of weird. It'd be kind of fun. That costs extra. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, you know the little spoons that they give you? Yep. That's like like a micro spoon, so you can't even taste it. You don't like it so much. That's great. I could, I could totally, totally make a joke about it, but you know what? I'm just gonna let that pass. <laughs> All right. So, do you want to give your rating first? Love it. That's the highest, right? That is the highest. I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with. I really like it. I'm making my own rating. No, um, fuck you. I, I will throw in the caveat of if you don't have a deck builder, or if you're looking for another lighter, fair game for your like not so heavy gamer friends. This is a great fit. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the, the sideball antics will definitely get them going and like, you know, like, like, oh, oh, you didn't do this. Pick up a weakness. Like there's enough like ribbing and fun things that break outside game mechanics mm-hmm. that for your friends that aren't hardcore gamers, like if you're trying to find another casual approach, especially for deck builders, this is the choice. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you on that. It's, it's one of those games that, even though it's fairly it's fairly simple to learn, it actually has a lot of stuff to learn from it. So it's a good it's a good intro game for people that don't really play hardcore games. Plus, it is I'd see it more as a more as a party game, you know, than anything because it it gets people involved in it. You know, it's it um it 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 really it and so it. Unlike the DC game, it gets you more involved in it, into it, and I think you have to you pay more attention to it than I think the DC goes. So 
I love it. I think I think you should. I think people should buy it and play it. Uh, even if you have, if you have younger kids, if you have older you know older friends, I don't I don't even think you necessarily need to like Cartoon Network to buy it. It's just a fun game. I, re- I mean, it makes that experience better if you do know Cartoon Network, but I don't I don't necessarily think that you need you need to know it. Concur. Well, there you go. And there's our review of Crossover Crisis. All right. Well, that went fairly easy, fairly quick. I didn't have to explain anything, so it's going to be under an hour this time. <laughs> so that's awesome. Thanks again to, for uh, Dan and Kim for coming back on. Always awesome to have you guys on, as always. It's always a pleasure to be here, man. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, check it out. Go to Gaming Nonsense on Censored Podcast. They're slowly coming out with episodes yep. as we speak. But you know what? There's a lot of good back catalog there, so definitely uh, go and check it out. I was going to tell you, it's like, hey, GNU, where's the new episodes? Asked nobody ever. They're being modest. They're, they have a great podcast, and they're really good at explaining the stuff that they love. So you got to check them out. Yeah, what, what we're doing now is we're just focusing more on, like, you know, like if we got the idea of recording it we're not forcing ourselves to follow the timeline because uh we're trying to catch up on gaming and we're having fun doing shows with you you know especially when you throw like it's like oh man they haven't put out an episode in a while they must be sad i'll have them on my show that part's my favorite that's exactly what i thought (laughs) (laughs) i'll take a pity host yeah yeah um it's funny that you mentioned that because um this month we were actually going to review aquasphere um, but because of time constraints and, and because of that bi- that game being a little crunchy and, and you know trying to figure out, I was like, well, we just haven't got we weren't able to get any plays of it in. I'm not gonna just get one play of it in to give it a, a you know give it a shoddy review. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Rodney from Watch It Played actually because. The other night we were going to play this game and we got everything out, got everything set, and then there was one part where we were stuck. We're like, uh-oh, what do we do? And because it took so much of us to, you know, it took so long to put it up, we were like, okay, we're going to sit it here. I'm going to go watch a video. We're going to get yeah. this thing right, and then we'll play it. And his video is great. Yeah, and so we watched the video on it, and he went through precisely the certain things that we couldn't figure out. And I'm like... Thank goodness. I'm glad we decided to stop and figure this out so then we can get some great plays in it and we'll review it next month for the podcast so then you get, we can give you the review that you guys deserve. So Nice. Yeah. So, again, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, we should have some fun stuff here in the future. As of this recording, next weekend, the 31st of July, we're talking to Dave Killingsworth from Solar Flare Games about their Lords of Rock Kickstarter coming out soon. That looks awesome, by the way. I, I've seen the pictures he's been posting. Holy shit. Awesome idea. The art looks great. So oh, yeah. good so far. And I saw a yeah. little video about how like the scoring and everything is working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to be jumping on that gravy train when uh, yeah. it goes on Kickstarter. Yeah. I'm a big fan of old 80s rock. I saw the art. I was like, oh my god, I love it. You know, so then uh, I, you know, followed Solar Flare Games, and he's like, "Let's talk." I'm like, "Let's do it." I'm like, "But can we talk on the 31st, even though it launches on the 1st of August?" But I'm gonna try to put that out as quickly as I can, and we'll be talking about that coming up here soon, and you'll be able to hear it soon from us. So, again, thanks, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Legends, one die at a time.